0: Welcome to Unpromoted, the sales development podcast. This week is episode three and part two of our interview with Stelios. This week, we talk about what he learned in sales development that he carried into the account executive role and the strategies he took to prepare for that promotion. So let's get into it. Like transitioning over, we've talked about how to start out of the gate strong. um, And now obviously you're an account executive, um your closing deals and so what i wanted to talk to you about was making that jump like you transitioned from a sales development rep to an accountant executive i mean the bigger question is how did you make that jump um, i mean maybe you can highlight a, f- a few key things that helped you start to prepare for that role so
1: again you know let's let's take a step back you know you have to look at you know being intentional and when the, the minute i got into my SDR role I'm the type of guy that's like, okay, what's after this, right? Because if there's no progression and there's no target, you're not really working towards anything. So, you know, once I talk to my peers, I'm like, okay, great. Like this is this, there's this role. Okay. What's the next role? You know, what, what is our aim here? So again, if you want to make like a list from like A to Z, or A to Z, it would be, you know, you A, you start out as an SDR and Z, you end up becoming like a, a strategic account executive that, you know, deals with, you know, multi-billion dollar companies. Okay. So what do I have to do to get there? So, you know, whether that's, you know, looking and, and mapping out your progression between, um, you know, what it takes to get from A to Z. So, you know, whether that's becoming a, a senior BDR, whether that's, you know, going into a management role for BDRs, you know, again, any of those leadership roles within your team, and then, you know, making, making that jump and, you know, learning who to talk to, right? So, you know, I, I was pretty successful, you know, in that, you know, again, I come from a very a very positive work environment where, you know, once I became a high performer in, in my current, at the time my current BDR role, it was very common for, you know, managers to start having those conversations with you to say, Hey, look, you know, you're doing very well. If you keep this up for, for X amount of time, it's a very realistic goal for you to get to the other side, which, you know, would be, you know, account executive land. <laughs> so, um, you know, it was, it was very nice that I, you know, again, I was very fortunate. I'd very, I, I had, I had great mentorship and leadership. And of course I still do my position now, but it was amazing to, 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 To talk to any of these managers that, you know, they they genuinely wanted to know what your goals were. And then they would essentially help you get there and they'd help you build you a program. So, you know, I guess I'm going on a little bit of a tangent there. But to to answer the question, um, to to progress, what I would do is, you know, I would start, you know, booking booking meetings and progression plan meetings with my managers. um, Which, again, always have good relationships with. They're always looking out for your best interests. So booking time with them, and then even going and getting coffee with the the manager of the job that you want. So if there's an account executive manager, you know, let them know that you know you eventually want to be under under their management. Your your ultimate goal is to get onto their team, and ask them what what they think you should be doing to prepare for that role. Because who better will know what they are looking for than them? So, you know, one thing that, again, made me successful was, you know, made sure to build, you know, build positive uh, internal relationships and, you know, go over to the account executive manager that, you know, that would eventually be on their team and ask them, you know, what, what do you think I should be doing to prepare? What would you like to see? And again, I was very fortunate and, you know, I remember, you know, the account executive manager that, that I was looking to jump onto their team make that leap you know they told me they're like look I want you to go listen to this AE call, this AE call and this AE call and I want you to go through it and, and write down what you liked about each one and what you didn't like about each one and then you know that'll give me a good a good time to you know to, to really see where you know uh, to, to see where where I was at in terms of understanding the sales cycles and you know being able to identify whether it's like uh you know good strategies bad strategies and things like that
0: i think that's the biggest piece is having that conversation right at the beginning where you make it known like this is where i'm this is where i want to be and and just sort of being honest in that conversation being like i know i'm not ready right now but i want to take the steps to get ready and so you're like you're building notoriety you're letting the person know that i want like i want to be on your team i just need to know what to work on like can you can you give me some guidance can you point me in the direction of things i should work on so when that time comes like i'm an like i'm a Mm no-brainer
1: but the thing is this is where i find that you know some people struggle with so many people in the let's say in the bdr role are i wouldn't say delusional because i don't mean it in a negative way but they're not self-aware enough to realize that they're going down you know if their performance is negative if their performance is negative their attitude is negative or you know any of the other intangibles (laughs) then how do they really expect to, to make that jump to the other side so it so many different aspects are looked at, especially when you're looking at doing an internal an internal promotion. You know, doing an external promotion is so much different, right? Like, you're you're only selling yourself to them and, and an external director, an external manager. But when you're doing those internal jumps, there are so many different uh, aspects that are that are looked at, right? Whether it's like, again, not only is your performance you know that needs to be there, of course. You know, if you're going to 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 you know make that jump into a promotion, but you also need to have all of the intangibles. You need to have, you need to have that positive attitude. You need to be a team player. Um, you need to be a natural leader on your team. So again, that's why it's very important to not only you know, communicate with the manager that you're currently working with and be very honest with you know, where you think you are and where you need to improve as well as building those relationships with the the managers that are on the other side. Because again, they're going to be looking at things from a completely different perspective. And in some cases, some of the uh, values may even conflict, which is where, you know, a lot, I see a lot of people struggle.
0: Yeah, I I couldn't agree more. Like, you have to make yourself presentable internally. And obviously, there's a lot to unpack there. But you're right, if you have a if you have a negative attitude, um, if you're not putting in the work, if your numbers aren't there, like any of those things can, can work against you when you're having those conversations. Um, and, and I guess that's sort of, it, it leads me to a question. How do you know when it's the right time to have that conversation? Because for me, it was always like, is this too early? Is it like, am I really ready to start this conversation? Or the other side of it is like, you don't want to miss your window so it's like how do you how do you start like when do you know you need to start having those conversations
1: it's a good question so i guess it, it's kind of twofold right so it's like when do you think you're starting when when you think is the best time to start asking those questions versus when you you think you're actually ready to move up so i remember the key differentiator between what I feel like when I was ready to move up versus when I wasn't. And I hope I articulate this well. But when I wasn't actually ready, I thought I was. And I was like, I know everything. I'm going to go in there. I'm going to absolutely kill it. I know our product inside and out. And, you know, how ignorant was I back in the day, (laughs) right? I, I was so ignorant to the fact that I didn't know what I didn't know. Where I knew I was ready when... I had kind of maxed out my position and I was successful at, you know, every, every respectful revenue tier. I was very successful um, in kind of all aspects of my current job, but I felt like I was kind of tapped out. I was like, okay, well, now I know where I am. I know, I know my environment. I'm clearly the leader on my team. And I felt like my, my ability to grow in my position was getting smaller and smaller Um, and I was just looking for more and I feel like I'd really tapped out, you know, I, I felt like I'd, I'd really absorbed everything I could from my immediate surroundings. Once I knew that, I knew that I needed to go into a different role because, you know, I, I always wanted to learn. I wanted to grow and I felt like my growth was almost stunted until I moved on. And then, yeah, I said, once I, once I did that, I, I moved on to, to be, to be more aware of what AEs were actually doing. And once I was looking at, I guess their data days and, you know, their call flows and you know, it's a lot more sophisticated. Once I was hyper aware, I realized that I really had no idea what being an account executive was actually like, even if it felt like I did from the other side, you know, once I actually got there um, you know, I see it even more now, you know, the, the, the more you progress the the less you realize
0: you actually know i i've heard that a couple times like people that i've spoken with they've made the jump and and the comment is always along the same lines it it's something like i thought i knew what i was doing until i had to control a discovery call Mm -hmm. and so (laughs) like it's a very common theme like that's the part that Or that's the first thing that everybody gets stuck on obviously that's the first thing you do like I remember you and I were talking you know we're going out for dinner and and you're like you're like I was in control of this call and was almost speechless like I I just was in awe of the moment kind of thing so you hop on that very first discovery call you just got your promotion Like what's going through your head when you're when you're asking these questions when you're we're trying to hold that conversation and like how is it how is it so much different like I know it is but how is it so much different?
1: At the very beginning, um, you know, beginning of my account executive tenure, when I was walking them through what walking a prospect through let's say a you know a discovery sales deck, everything that I thought I knew about presenting was completely wrong you know i always thought it was you know i need to make sure that i'm again clear concise i'm talking at them that they understand what i'm what i'm telling them but that's not the point of the discovery deck the point of a discovery deck which i found out later and again you know it's not that i wasn't successful you know presenting at them but i was a lot more successful when i learned to control the conversation and having a natural conversation and really asking them you know questions about their program about their role and really diving into to their problems and challenges and then tying that back to how we help that is really the 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 pivotal change from someone who's you know good to someone that's great and that's really what's going through your head is you know, am I talking too much? Am I not? Am I asking the right questions? But then, you know, once you get comfortable with that, you end up being a lot more successful.
0: Yeah, it's definitely, it's definitely interesting to get to get a perspective on it. Obviously, you built up a ton of skills as an SDR that you didn't have before. Which of those helped you? in your transition and in your successes in AE, like what skills can an sdr work on now that are are going to be useful
1: i would say product knowledge um, especially if you're looking at doing those internal jumps really taking the time to understand your product if you take the time to, to to thoroughly understand your product you are also going to understand how you can help others and then you can see how how your product helps them with their pains and challenges. Again, it's very easy to go through a discovery deck and just present at somebody, but that doesn't necessarily help you or help them with what they're doing, right? So one thing that, that I took away from a sales trainer was, okay, you've presented something. I guess this was one of the pivotal moments from um, my training was, okay you know you're used to presenting the sales deck okay but what does that mean for the prospect like you might have feature XYZ and that's great but what does that mean to you Like what does that mean to this person so a great example would be you know you know if imagine if you're going to check out a car right so it's like okay well yeah it has you know it has four-wheel drive okay great has four-wheel drive what does that mean to the customer well, the custom to the customer, that means, look, like you're not going to have to, you know, you're not going to be worried if you're driving with, you know, young kids in the car or worrying about traction. Um, you're never going to get stuck again. You know, if the snowplow comes by, again, very Canadian, but if the snowplow comes by and boxes you in, um, you know, with snow. So it, it's things like that. It's like, okay, there's a feature, but what does that mean to the person who's actually you know, in the driver's seat? But... A fantastic example would be, you know, using the discovery deck is to ask questions because you're asking your questions to identify that the challenges that they're having, even if they haven't explicitly um, said it. So, you know, for instance, like if, if someone if you're walking someone through a deck and, and you're asking them the right questions, you're going to identify what the point of them jumping on the discovery was. You know, you can agree that you know someone, a VP or director level. Who's taken an hour out of their day to talk to you about a niche topic, whether they know it or not, or whether you know they understand what their challenges are? There is a challenge there, and they're just maybe they're not sure what it is. Maybe they do, maybe they don't. But they are there for a reason. Nobody just like nobody just books time out of their day for no reason, right? So a great example that I heard was, um, you know, if you're going, you know, if you're imagine being like a sales rep for like a Best Buy or something, right? So again, very simple example, but if you, if you're going in and you're looking to buy like a Bluetooth speaker and you're telling the rep that you're like, Hey, look, like I need my Bluetooth speaker to be waterproof. We want to use it at the cottage. Well then if the sales rep goes down another rabbit hole and they're like, you know what? That's great. But like, we have this awesome Bose one here. That's, it's not waterproof, but it has the better sound quality, better battery life. And it's like, okay, man, you're not listening to me. Like that's not that's not what I want. I need something that's waterproof because I want to use it near water, right? So no matter how good a feature dumps, like the guy is telling you, like you know, but Bluetooth, longer battery life, better sound quality, it's smaller, so it fits in your backpack. It's like that doesn't matter to me. I need it to be waterproof, and it's not. If it's not waterproof, it's of zero use to me.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's it. It makes perfect sense. Like at the end of the day. Prospect, whatever, person A, VP at company XYZ, they they don't care about the 35 features that your product has unless you can tie it back to a problem they're having and make the connection that it gives them a better chance to solve it or it solves that problem. Like having having the feature dump, you're right, like we can do this, 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 and this is different from a conversation like you mentioned, this is what you're doing this is the problem you're having trying to get to your goal. We fit in here. We, we solve this exact problem and here's the outcome kind of thing. And you know, you're showing, you're showing them a better result. You're not showing them you can use all these cool features.
1: Exactly. It's like, how did, how does our product help us get to that objective or help them get to their objective? And again, once you look at it through that lens, everything gets so much easier. For me, I personally, you know, if, if I had, you know, an SDR working under me um, and what would I want from them? It would be, you know, getting me somebody that is in, let's say, a target profile of a company. I think that's super important. I will take target, target profile and, you know, decision-making authority almost over everything else because anyone that is in those high, higher-level positions, they can also appreciate reducing or sorry, increasing efficiency. So depending on, again, depending on how your, how your product helps them, if they're willing to learn and they're, they're willing to understand that even if they don't have a pain or problem, they might not know, even know that they have them, you know, whether it's having too many full-time equivalents, you know, associated to a program that's inefficient or, or, or or not even understanding what they what they're doing wrong it's better to have those conversations with them so that they can see what else is out there and again especially when you're in a when you're in an industry that is new or you know you're kind of paving the way for your own niche industry sometimes it's just important to build those connections and and you know if you were to have enough conversations with Decision making authority in in the in the target profile that you're looking for. I think that's so much more important than anything else,
0: especially especially for uh, like especially for tier one or target accounts like those companies that you've gone through, you've identified like those are the best customers we could ask for. Like those are the ones we mm-hmm. want to work with. Those are the best ones we can ask for. You're right. Getting time getting time with any almost anyone in a relative authority position um, is worth a conversation because you know their business fits what you do. So I mean, and whether, whether it's a problem now or it's a conversation that leads to a relationship for when that problem occurs, you still like, you still need to be having those conversations.
1: Exactly. And again, it, it's pretty subjective. You know, I know others that would rather have, you know, have a prospect absolutely bleeding pain with a problem and no authority because they're like, you know, we can, we can get authority later. Don't worry about that. But what, what challenges are you having? Which again, you know, it, it, it's all subjective and it, it really depends on, you know, what you think is, what you think is the, the best solution for you. Because again, every account executive is different. Every SDR is different. You know, your tonality, you know, the your business acumen—it's—it's all relative, and it's important to—to to know where you do well, and of course, don't just focus there. You know, it's important for you to identify whatever gaps that you're having. But you know, if you focus on you know where you do the best, then you know, then you're going to be successful.
0: Yeah, um, I know we're we're coming up on time here, um, so this has been so awesome to have you on here um, talk through. know both the uh the strengths and weaknesses of getting started as an sdr uh, but also you know making that transition to an ae and start actually getting to that point where you're closing deals and if you had to give you know any piece of advice to someone who is prospecting cold calling and they're thinking you know i want to start making that jump um I, most of the, most of, most years of have a goal to get there anyway. So, you know, people are thinking, I want to make that jump. What do you recommend they do? Like, where do they start?
1: It's funny that, you know, this is something that I've, that I took from Corporate Bro, you know, one of our, <laughs> uh, one of our idols in this, in this niche industry. But, um, I would say really it comes coming, it comes down to outperforming and outlasting right? there's so many of my peers that, that i've worked with that i've just left too early because they felt like the grass was greener somewhere else or they've you know they've made that jump too early where they were like you know what i've been in this role for six months you know i, I i'm ready to start making the the big paychecks I'm ready to make the jump when really they're definitely not and then they try to go somewhere else and then they're not going to be ready and instead of just waiting out whether it's your year, your year and a half, even two years and in, in complicated sales cycles, that it's important to take the time, learn, and become a master of your craft. Don't just jump to another side because you're going to end up burning so much more time and then having to repeat the whole process over again. You're better to refine your skills where you are, take the time. And of course it's gonna be frustrating. You know, it's frustrating for everyone, but it's so important to take the time and do it right, do it right and do it once instead of, you know, trying to jump around and jump around in the industry and try different products and under different management or different companies. It's just not the way to be.
0: Yeah. It's a tough route to take. Uh, yeah. So outperform and outlast. That's, <laughs> yeah, I, re- I remember you posted something like that and I just started laughing. Um, okay. You've dropped so many knowledge bombs. Uh, you know, if people have questions, if people want to connect with you, uh, this is probably your ticket to fame. Where can people get in touch?
1: <laughs> Definitely not. But, uh, <laughs> um, you know, if anybody ever wants to reach out, um, my full name is Stelios Banalopoulos. I'm sure it'll be posted here. Feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn if you have any questions um, or if you want to dive in deeper or any advice,
0: feel free to, to message me there. Thanks for listening to this episode. For more information, go to the link in the description to go to our show notes page. If you like our show, make sure to subscribe on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. We look forward to seeing you next week.